Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Oh My Lord, Chicago history you never huh. learned in school. I am joined by John Zinn. How are you, buddy? Hi, uh, thanks for having me back. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you back. And we're in for an interesting episode. But before we get to the meat of it, the topic, I have some updates on recurring Omalort characters. Oh, delightful. <laughs> and all of this happened in about a span of two hours today. Oh, wow. Yes. So first, Ed Burke. Yes. As of last night, his lawyers are asking for an acquittal or a new trial, calling the verdict inexplicable. Okay. Yes. Everyone in Chicago was blindsided when they executed a search warrant on his office. Just blindsided. Our friends at the... Chicago Tribune editorial board have endorsed, quote unquote, conservative Democrat Ray Lopez of the trying to ban little library fame over incumbent Chewy Garcia. Mm -hmm. And I went to read we're gonna get a little little diversion here, but I went to read the actual endorsement. And I read the one for the race for the first district about the Republican primary. And I'm just going to read it to you because um. Wow. Gaji is clearly the stronger of the candidates, which is not saying much. While she does not support aiding Ukraine or indeed any other foreign nation, she at least recognizes the results of the 2020 election. However, she does not support even sensible gun control. How bad was the other guy? And this is what they say about him. We judge Lewis not qualified and a potential danger to the health of our democracy if elected. Oh, goodness. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> if you live in the first ward or the first district, I'm not telling you to vote for in the general, but vote for the incumbent. Okay, back to the Chicago Tribune editorial board that endorsed Ray Chopez. Around that time, WBEZ released an article about his fundraising woes, saying Lopez's campaign had reported raising only about $46,000 through the end of December, which probably would be too little to run for a re-election to the city hall, city council, much less mount a viable challenge for a seat in Congress. But wait, there's more. They also found out that Lopez moved his ward office and his headquarters to Burke's old headquarters, which is located at 2650 West 51st Street. And since July... The city of Chicago has paid $21,000 to the owner of that building, who is one Ed Burke. Wow. The company, quoting from BEZ, the company gifted $1,750 in, quote, headquarters rent to Lopez and his ward organization's state campaign finance disclosure records show. I want to underscore. So I got a little mad about this. I got a little heated. We're going to get a little journey here. 
I want to underscore that Burke still has a mountain of money in his campaign funds. Mm-hmm. And he makes $8,027 a month in his pension from the city. Okay. That is $11,027 of taxpayer money mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. And he gave an in-kind gift to Chopez. That doesn't even cover a full month's rent. In-kind gift, right. So, brought me into a little bit of um, looking at his finances. This has come out since we last recorded. State law does prohibit people from drawing a pension if they've been, quote, any person who is convicted of any felony relating to or arising out of or in connection with his service as a municipal employee. So he's going to lose his pension, provided that the judge doesn't acquit him, which I don't think she will. But it, the call to cut the coppers is done by the Municipal Employees Annuity and Benefit Fund. So they might be waiting until he's sentenced. Yeah, I imagine that's not done very much at all. Um, They do take it away. I mean, they, they do take they have? it away. Okay. Yeah. Well, because it's eight, I mean, it's $8,000 a month. But yeah. Ann Clex, her pension from the state is, are you ready? Yeah. $18,307.30 a month. For being a retired judge? Uh-huh. Wow. Now, this is a quote from the Sun-Times article that I found on this. The the disgraced former council dean is in line for a more substantial payout from his campaign fund, which he can use to pay himself or his family members almost $2.5 million. No questions asked, thanks to a loophole in state campaign finance law. Maybe we should close that loophole. Yeah. So even... He raised that money and he can just pay who he wants with it. Mm-hmm. He's not doing a campaign. Right. Wow. Which makes the whole theory that people wanted to get some of his money. And that's why he's going to give it. He, listen, I just wrote like client, like lawyer. Remember, he was Trump's lawyer. He was Trump's lawyer. All right. That's, that's done with the political stuff. I just wanted everybody to know where our tax dollars are going. And, oh, Pequod's was quoted to be the best pizza in the country. I did, I did see that one. <laughs> <laughs> and have you heard about the White Sox wanting a new stadium? Uh, no. Okay. A little bit. So there's what's called the 78. So Chicago has 77 neighborhoods. This is going to be the 78th neighborhood. It was announced in 2018 shortly after rom lost the bid for amazon and he took everything that the feedback they gave and decided to build an entire community that would cater to the needs of tech mm-hmm. and it's not going to be complete until like 2035 which needs are probably going to change by then right just saying and it's being funded and built by related midwest which was he was a major Trump supporter who owned SoulCycle and Equinox. Okay. And so far, since 2018 to now, they've laid infrastructure. I go by it. It's on the river. It's kind of like 
between River City and 18th Street, Chinatown. And they've Thanks. laid they've laid down infrastructure. So there's 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 traffic lights. About two weeks ago, Jerry Reinsdorf announced that he wanted to put Sox Stadium in the 78. And within a week, they had renderings for it. Now, J.B. Pritzker said he's not very fond of funding sports teams. And uh, the city of Chicago unanimously was like, no. He went to Springfield on Tuesday to lobby for his, he needed a billion dollars in subsidies for this new stadium. And apparently the reason he said that he needed a new stadium was because they can't win in the old stadium because they don't sell enough tickets to get good talent. So he's saying it's too small for them? No, no, no. They just don't sell a lot of tickets. Okay. Yeah. He's saying that he feels if he's in the 78 where there are stores and foot traffic and like people might just stumble into a baseball game instead of having to go to Bridgeport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been like a hundred years that it's been in Bridgeport, right? They well, played it. Yes. And by the way, anybody who doesn't know, their current stadium is 30 years old and they won the World Series in 2005. Mm-hmm. So Lawrence Holmes, who's on 670, the score, had this to say. Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox are going number two on a na- neighborhood that's held you down for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going number two. I love that. Like Going number two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mentioned he wants a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Scratch that. As of about two o'clock this afternoon, it's now two billion. If this happens, Socks and Cubs fans alike will riot in the streets, as well as any rational Chicagoan. A Twitter account that I follow called at Chicago Bars tweeted the following. Is it time to start the just sell the team Jerry pack before his stadium subsidy nonsense escalates even further? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And that is it for the updates portion of our episode. Any final thoughts about any of that? And just to be clear, I know they won the they won the series in 2005, but like last season, they lost most of their games i believe oh they they suck yeah they suck it is not a time to be asking for a new stadium especially the bears want a new stadium too Mm -hmm. yeah and you're blaming your losses on the stadium yeah when i think it came out too that their ticket sales have been so low for so many years that they don't actually pay the taxes on the sales okay yeah yeah it was behind a paywall the, the initial part was behind the Crane Chicago business paywall. So I'm ascertaining what I get from other people's tweets. Got it. So, all right. Now on to our... Okay. Uh, have you heard about the Chicago Chicago rat hole? Yes, I have. <laughs> Even out here, it made a splash. Yes. I have another co-host who just kept sending me rat hole, <laughs> rat hole articles. 
anybody who doesn't know, simply describe it's a rat-shaped hole in a sidewalk, which has existed for like 20 years. But in January of this year, it went viral and it has become a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bean is closed for construction. Mm-hmm. In a single day, a couple got engaged and another married at the rat hole. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> U.S. Representative Mike Quigley tweeted about it, encouraging people to go to the rat hole to also visit the the establishments near the rat hole. Oh, right. oh gosh. Willie Geist covered it for the Today Show on one Sunday. Please. And most recently it was on John Oliver. I've talked to tourists all the time. And when, like one person's like, oh, yeah, we're going to go see the rat hole. Oh, my God. And, and the, know, resi- the residents are like, please go. The residents are like, stop being weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop being weird. Like somebody tried to fill the rat hole and they dug it up back out. Oh, jeez. Um, huh. It's crazy. I saw a post from someone in Florida trying to push a lizard hole. And this is something that could only happen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It is so Chicago it hurts. And and, and, I, not, and don't they think it's really like perhaps a, a squirrel? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> and the other thing to say, so do you know do you know where it's located? I can't remember where it is. It's basically right in front of Four Moons on Roscoe. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not an easy place to get to. Right. If you're not a resident, mm-hmm. I feel like we are inordinately proud of our quirks here in Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. we have the tamale guy mm-hmm. who is for people don't don't know, he goes to bars late at night and sells tamales. You can track where he is. And when he got cancer during COVID, the city of Chicago did a GoFundMe to pay his medical bills. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Chance the Snapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Which was was it a crocodile or an alligator? I can't remember. It was a chance of snapper. But we still, every once in a while, get media updates about the guy. He was loose in a park, listeners who don't know. And we had to bring some guy in from Florida who knew how to, knew how to deal with this situation. And we still get updates about the guy who's like a hero. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a celeb. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you know Tom Skilling is retiring on February 28th? I did hear that. Yes. I told my sister, and she's like, he's still around. Oh, yes. Bringing us to the topic at hand. We are chatting about a man who loves talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. Oh, kiss. Listeners who don't know Tom Skilling, I promise you this will be fun. Skilling it, the musical, or a weather line. Okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding, though, when I say skilling at the musical could be a reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, it probably will be, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like talking about Tom Skilling will give our non-Chicago listeners a glimpse into how weird Chicagoans can be. I'm going to start with this quote from the Chicago Tribune. 
the cult of skilling runs so deep, just about everybody has an overly cheerful impression of Chicago's longest tenured weathercaster. The cult of skilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, we'll get there. A little bit uh, biography first. He was born in 1952 in Pittsburgh. When he was two, his parents moved to New, New Jersey. Skilling cannot remember a time when he wasn't fascinated with meteorological conditions. In fact, he used his paper route money to subscribe to a daily weather map service. I love it. Weather geek. Yeah, love it. I had a paper route and used my money to either buy clothes or pay the person to whom I outsourced my work. Nice. <laughs> when he was 14, his dad was transferred to Aurora, Illinois. When he lived in New Jersey, the weather map service would mail the weather maps from D.C. and he'd get them the next day. But when he moved to the western suburbs, it was taking him longer to get his weather maps. That said, he immediately liked the weather better. So he wrote an eight-page letter to the radio station WKKD asking for assistance. This piqued the interest of then-program manager Rusty Tyne, who set up a meeting with the ambitious team. Skilling describes it as such. I told them. If they can get me some weather maps, I had the audacity to suggest that I'd do a better forecast for Aurora than they were getting from Chicago. I love it. Now, for anybody who doesn't know, Aurora is considered a suburb, but it's two hours away and the weather is different. It's where Wayne and Garth came from. Is it? I've never seen that movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the weather is different. And I, and it's one of the things that makes Skilling's weather so good as he takes into all the all the variables. Whereas like for a while I was listening to CBS two news um weather and they give you like what it was gonna be at O'Hare. And I remember one day I went to the the zoo thinking it was gonna be eighty degrees and it was sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. In turn, Skilling and Tyne drove to the National Weather Service in Chicago and asked them to print an extra map. The National Weather Service obliged on two conditions. Skilling slash WKKD had to provide pre-addressed stamped envelopes and pay for the copies. So this is quoting from the Tribune. After getting his radio operator's permit at the FCC office in Chicago, the weather wonderkind was soon delivering forecast on WKKD while still attending West Aurora High School. That started my broadcast career, Skilling said. Every day before I went to high school, I'd go down to the post office in Aurora, pick up these envelopes with weather maps in them, and I'd do a broadcast in the morning and update it in the afternoon using a newspaper weather page. <laughs> I love it. I love it. When I was 14, I woke up absurdly early, but I was doing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> just listening to the records. That's it. Yeah. I was doing my hair. And 17, 
He added television to his CV, doing nightly weather at WLXT Channel 60 and Aurora UHF station. At that age, I was a receptionist at a hair salon. I love that we're tracking your career side by side. I'm having a little fun at my own peril. Working with his brother, Jeff, the two painted a map and covered it with plexiglass. So they could write on it, right? Mm -hmm. Do wind patterns. Yes. Jeff, the future CEO of Enron, handled the control room. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Back to our weather geek. He started at the University of Wisconsin at Madison studying meteorology. Why can't I say this word? Studying weather and journalism while working at local radio and television stations. In 1975, he got a job at WTLV TV in Jacksonville, Florida. But he's soon back in. Milwaukee at WITI TV, where he was paired with Albert the Alley Cat, the station's longtime joking weather puppet sidekick. <laughs> I just wrote, even though I don't really remember the 70s, I'm just like, listeners, the 70s were weird times. <laughs> That's about the same time as Land Chop, right? Probably. And it's just so funny that it's like, well, when people, when people are getting the weather report, they need a little levity. Do they? No. And that's one thing that Skilling talks about is getting people, how weather reports are much more respected now mm-hmm. and elevated. Like they had to make it gimmicky. But also people want to know the weather. That's right. It actually really affects them. Yeah. In Michigan the channel my parents watch, they intersperse the weather like throughout the entire broadcast mm-hmm. because they found that for the 11 o'clock show, they would, people would just turn off their television after the weather. Yeah. So it's like weather teasers. Yeah. Yes. Local station out here does it too. Those little teasers. Yeah. Um, on August 13th, 1978, Almost 10 years before the first night game at Wrigley, Tom Skilling moved to the city, some dub as, quote, the Broadway of weather, unquote, doing his first weather report at WGN Channel 9. Imagining a chorus line of weathermen singing, I hope I get it. Yeah. (laughs) Again, point, read, point, read, stop, smile. And Skilling comes out and starts singing, I really want this job. Dear God, I want this job. With the chorus dressed as clouds. Dancing. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> Spoiler alert, Bozo makes an appearance later. Yeah. Let's just keep better. Oh, by the way, so a little, I, I'm going to do, I was going to do a little background on WGN, which stands for World's Greatest News. Okay. <laughs> but it's too complicated to get into and uh, FCC sort of stuff. But basically, it was at this time inspired by TBS to be a superstation. So everybody in the country basically got Channel 9. 
Did you get your- uh did we get it out here when I was a kid? Yeah. Don't know. I actually don't know. I I I remember watching the network as a kid and they had good reruns that were mm-hmm. frequently interrupted by pesky Cubs games. Right. And news at nine and other weird things. But this is that's an important thing to remember is that it was a superstation. They also brought us Geraldo's vault. Oh, yes. I remember that. So I had this situation uh, two weeks ago where I had to explain to one of my coworkers who's 29 both who Geraldo was yeah. and the vault. Mm-hmm. And then I had another coworker a couple weeks days later, and he was like, he knew who Geraldo was, but he's like, the vault? So I explained it to him. And you really have to see it to believe it. But then that same day, some guy, some Hollywood producer wanted to record my tour. And I was talking to him and he just throws out, yeah, I produced Geraldo in the vault. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I just jumped up and down. <laughs> That's amazing. He, he actually agreed to come on the, the pod and do an interview about the vault. That's amazing. All right. So I'm going to quote from this article in the Tribune. Cracking into the Chicago market, Skilling was welcomed into the TV weather casting fraternity he had idolized growing up, notably by Harry Volkman and John Coleman. Skilling <laughs> first visited Volkman in the mid-1960s at the Merchandise Mart with his parents, where the popular WMAQ Channel 5 meteorologist, known for adding a whoosh sound effect to windy forecast made the aurora teen a weather observer excellent weather deputy twitch skilling said i can do that now i listened to an interview with dean richards and skilling Mm -hmm. and he used to call volkman as a kid which at the time was a long distance call. Okay. And he said, you know, it was pretty clear in the skilling household, you didn't make long distance calls. Okay. And I just want to point out, this is not dissimilar to me calling my reps in DC to ask questions about things like franking privileges or are elected officials exempt from sexual harassment charges. Mm-hmm. Things I actually got in trouble for calling Washington DC for. Also, uh, for some reason, in my mind, I've combined Dean Richards with Michael Phillips into Dean Phillips, which there's a guy named Dean Phillips running for president. This leads to some very confusing moments when I'm scrolling Twitter, thinking, like, why is this Democrat defending their positive criticism of the sound of freedom? Or why is the guy who reviews movies taking DEI references off of his website? Honest to God, it happened to me today. But back to our weather geek. John Coleman took Skilling under his wing, and the two frequently had dinner after their 10 o'clock broadcast. At one dinner, Skilling mused that there could be one day a 24-hour weather channel. Dreams. Dreams. Well, Coleman later reviewed that he had one in the works. 
Mm. And it's what we now call the Weather Channel. Their channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> hey, look into the story of PayPal. Elon wanted to call it X. Oh, gosh. According to Skilling, he offered me a job. He offered me a job when my first contract was up to go work at the Weather Channel. I didn't want to go to Atlanta. I like the changing seasons up here. And I like doing my own work, my own analysis, my maps, and all the rest. Now, he separated from his mentor in one big way. Coleman became, this is according to the Tribune, Coleman became a controversial and prominent climate change denier. Mm. Weather 10, science 3. The Tribune goes on to say, after a half a century of meteorological study and firsthand experience between second homes in Hawaii and Alaska, Skilling is convinced that climate change is an undeniably real danger. He cited the increased frequency of destructive weather events, such as major storms, heat waves, and droughts, as evidence of, quote, unquote, profound man-made climate change. The speed at which it's occurring is what's dramatic, Skilling said. Climate is changing 10 times faster than at any point in the 300,000 years or so that humans are believed to have walked the planet. They go on to say, the only time that the amiable Skilling loses his cool is when his weather computer crashes on deadline or he encounters a climate change denier, according to colleagues. Love it. Oh my God. And as are his, his second homes in Alaska and are in Alaska and Hawaii because yeah. extremes in weather, right? And he, yes. wants <laughs> he wants to experience it. Oh yes. And, and he talks in the, the Richards interview about, we have all these old records from Chicago. You can just track it that way. The changes, like, for example, we're having the warmest February on record right now. Right. Okay. About the computer crashing, he did say, if I ever meet Bill Gates, I'll have a couple of thoughts for him. (laughs) He starts his day at his Edgewater home weather office, where he analyzes 32 weather models each day to come up with the most accurate forecast possible. Then midday, he heads to the studio and he does his forecasts. Home weather office trademark. Yeah, that's how he referred to it. Yeah. And he's covered every major weather event we've had, including the 1995 heat wave and the 2011 Groundhog Day blizzard, which the latter of which he accurately predicted two weeks ahead of time. Yet somehow Chicagoans were abandoning their cars on Lakeshore Drive. That is a total memory I have of him, of saying that. Him saying that it was coming and then it came and it was ridiculous. And nobody seemed prepared for it. Mm -hmm. He also produced the Chicago Tribune weather page from 1997 to 2022. Now, we call him Tom freaking Skilling. Were you here for that? What was that story? Okay. So in 2008, they produced a station, uh, uh, they produced, the station produced a parody video where Pat Tomaluso was 
I'm just going to read from the Tribune because it's just easier. I'm trying to paraphrase. So, while Skilling takes weather seriously, he also has a humorous side. Those comedic chops were on display during a 2008 station-produced parody video where WGN sports reporter Pat Tomaluso, taking literally a corporate campaign that Tribune employees were now the owners, decided to let Skilling go, unleashing the weathercaster's dark side. Quote, if anyone owns this place, it's me, Tom freaking Skilling, the meteorologist menaced, chasing Tomaluso out of the weather center, saying, quote, I could have you killed if I wanted to. And then his accent is like somebody calls and he's like, yeah, it's raining. I don't care. Or something like that. People get mad at him. When they don't like the weather. That's where Tom freaking Skilling came in. Now, he and Steve Dahl, another friend of the pod, entered the market at the same time. And the shock jock had a character called Tommy Skillethead. Okay. Who did his weather. Okay. Which helped launch Skilling's cult status. Yeah, I would imagine. Parody. Then there is the game of Skullingo. Explain. <laughs> Micah Matier and fellow anchor Ben Bradley kept a bingo card of their favorite skill- skillingisms, such as veracity or Katie bar the door. During the 2017 solar eclipse, while Donald J. Trump was looking directly at the sky, Tom was crying live on air, saying, this is amazing, while high-fiving and hugging viewers. I love it. And he's still moved by it, like the just experience of it and getting sort of like how insignificant we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. He announced he was retiring, at which point in time, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker tweeted, sorry, but on behalf of everyone, we do not accept. <laughs> yeah, right. Block Club Chicago wrote about his announcement, and this is a quote. The recent attention from well-wishers back in Chicago so far has also been a bit embarrassing, said Skilling, who originally asked his WGM producers if he could one day just walk off air. They also interviewed his longtime producer, Bill Snyder, who had this to say. But with Tom, you always saw that bump in the ratings. He gets the time because he's a teacher and his passion for weather has grown on so many. When you think of Chicago, you think of the L, the lake, and skilling. He's an icon and it's going to be much different around here come next spring. His airtime eventually swelled to from six to seven minutes. Like, that's how much time he would get on air, which is a lot for a weather report. It's also rumored that he is the highest paid local weatherman in the country. Mm -hmm. I can't even think of another regional or a regional weatherman like that, right? I mean, Al Roker, that's about the only other. He's national. Well, there's one, the West Michigan market, George Lessons, who's retiring at the end of the year and he's been in the job since 1980 he's beloved but not nearly as much as i don't think he's nearly as much money as skilling but i he's also not as well we'll get to some things that happen around skilling and i'm just going to tell you george lessons is not getting the skilling treatment he plans to spend his time between chicago hawaii and alaska and is open to the possibility of doing 
longer form climate change specials on WGN. That would be cool. Yeah, he's really does like I I didn't include a lot. Like I'm going to include his bio from WGN, but they list just who he's given talks to this year. And he might try to do also uh planned treks to Alaska to look at the climate change. Oh wow. This year on Groundhog Day, Skillen went to Woodstock, Illinois, where they filmed the movie named after said event. Mm -hmm. And they now have a faux festival that rivals the one that they have in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And the mayor decreed it Skilling Day. Was that because of the uh, because of the storm that? No, this is this year. Oh, okay. So it wasn't, it, yeah, it wasn't it because of that other thing on February 2nd. Okay. No, it's because he's, because he's retiring. Yeah. Got it. And he went out there and did a thing. This is from the Chicago Tribune. Hundreds of fans packed the town square, including Karen Trannell of Crystal Lake, who brought her husband, Jason, and two daughters, Madeline and Abigail, to celebrate her 50th birthday and see her favorite weathercaster, Skilling. Not the groundhog. Right. She said, quote, I grew up with Tom Skilling and my mom and dad would watch him. My girls now watch him. My husband watches him. We love Tom and we're excited for him and his retirement. Meanwhile, in Chicago, the cast of the actual movie had a reunion at Navy Pier. Oh, interesting. Complete with... The Harold Ramis bust from Second City. Oh, that's cool. Which is fitting because the city of Chicago named it his day, Harold Ramis Day. Okay, because he directed it. Yes. Unless you think I'm bringing this up because what the hell is happening with Tom Skilling and Harold Ramis Day? No, Skilling tailed it out of out of the event in what that suburb. What's Woodstock and made it to the reunion and talked to Bill Murray about weather. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Earlier this month, the Wiener Circle changed their sign to say Tom freaking Skilling. Huh. Love it. Nisei Lounge, which is at Wrigleyville, also hung a crudely made sign. Tom just had a birthday on Tuesday, the 20th, and I'm going to quote WGN. As part of Tuesday's celebration, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, Illinois State Senator Will Preston, and Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson presented Tom with a proclamation declaring Tuesday, February 20th, Tom Skilling Day. Excellent. At this point in time, I am surprised that Dick Durbin and Barack Obama haven't mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Like, Dick Durbin, get up on it. Yeah, there's time. Yeah. You've got six days. Yesterday, it was announced that Top Butcher for the World, a local brewery located in the North Center neighborhood, they're honoring him with Tom freaking Skilling Beer. It is a Citra, Nelson, Sabin, and Amarillo India Pale Ale. By the way, microbrews have just jumped the shark there. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I lost that one. So, 
<laughs> and they said in a Facebook post, the station we grew up with, the person who always welcomed us to the weather, he who taught us about low jet streams and barometric pressure, connected the present historic Chicago events of the past, and through that brought together Chicagoans across generations. So on the Dean Richard show, people could call in because it's an actual radio show and wish him well. The first caller, whose name was also Tom, referred to him as a human weather vane. Mm -hmm. Then they had a pre-recorded comment from Bonnie Hunt. Cool. Chicago royalty. <laughs> then they talked about how nice she was. A fan in Michigan, Michigan, mm -hmm. called him the Mr. Rogers of meteorology. Cute. And kind of true. Mm -hmm. like, he was so authentically happy to be talking to these people. When the first caller called in, he's like, it's so cool to be talking to a Tom. Yeah. A woman named Ingrid called in to talk about his crying during the eclipse that it touched souls and calls her time watching him Skalingrid. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Someone called his weather report the highlight of every day. Mm. I am at a loss for a national or even local news equivalent of this. Like, did people do this when Dan Rathers or Peter Jennings retired? Something about how personal it is to them. Maybe how personal the weather is to them, too. I don't know, but... But it's him, too. It's just his absolute glee, right? His right. passion and glee for it. It's very pure. It is very pure. Last I know, I don't think Gretchen Whitmer tweeted about George Lessons retiring. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone has a Tom Skilling tag, but it wouldn't shock me. Would not at all shock me. Not at all. And I watched a video of some of his top 10 moments and him doing karaoke or they were doing some sort of Christmas show. And all of a sudden he just starts to laugh. And he's like, this is just so stupid. The Richard interview. He talked about Bob Bell, a.k.a. Bozo. Oh, gosh. And he yeah. had a story about Bell doing news reads in Studio 4 in full costume. As Bozo? As Bozo, but he's, he's, he's doing voiceovers. Okay. <laughs> like breaking news. Oh. Like, meanwhile, there was a shooting in Englewood. Dressed right. as a clown. <laughs> I just would imagine, like, dressed as a clown while Jane Burns blows smoke in his face. Right. Breaking news. Uh, new world record of 18 clowns fit into one tiny <laughs> car. Broken pit. And they said he was also... A really, really nice guy. Which is good to know because you don't want to think Bozo was a total diva. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And one thing I, I'm shocked about, not shocked, I'm impressed with, is Skilling stayed current with the technology. Mm-hmm. 
when he started, satellites didn't exist. Right. And and that wash uh Wisconsin, Madison was a satellite place. So that's why he went there. They didn't have the Doppler radar. He was probably so excited with that technology that could make him even more precise, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he talked about, I didn't, he talked about like there was a, he was, they didn't have the technology and there was a tornado in Plainfield that killed people. Uh huh. And he takes it really, really personally. Uh, interesting. And things yeah. like that. So he likes being able to level up his game and, you know, predict two weeks out that there's going to be a blizzard. Yeah. I also think there's part of Tom Skilling that represents America. What do you mean? Because he was on everybody's TV for however many years. W- Channel 9 was a super station. WGM was a super station. Yeah. I mean, my parents just stopped getting WGN news. Mm. They still have, the, it's still a super station, but now they put news, not Newsmax, News Nation on. Mm. I, uh, I met him once at a holiday party. You and I have a mutual friend who used to be in the news business who knew everybody from WGN mm-hmm. and me to this party. I can't remember if it was at his house or at somebody else's house already party but i do remember meeting him and i do remember just like this little ring of people gathered around and being so you know being so enthralled by what he was saying yeah he's very and nice he's, i mean i think that's what it is it's, it's really nice mm-hmm. and well i recently heard someone say chicago is the third largest city in america but the most american city Hmm. And I know Portland wants to keep it weird, but do they compare when it comes to elevating your weatherman to a cult status? No. (laughs) The funniest part about all of this is this is just normal for us. Yeah. Like This morning, the Music Box Theater hosted WGN Morning Live with Tom Skilling for a going away party. I walked by to see it was it was like a FOMO, like you know, you didn't know how many people were gonna be showing up. Was it gonna be like the Beatles were playing the music box? And I had a but it was also Thursday morning and I had FOMO and I walked by it and there wasn't anybody outside. Um, but apparently they had to drag him in because he was so busy talking to people in the audience. And at the end of the day, this presents a celebration of local media the broadway of weather is lucky to have a star he also called it the best weather market in america then last night abc7 chicago's first traffic reporter roz Varon announced that she will give her final sign off on april 5th mm, very so i don't know if she's gonna get the skilling treatment yeah <laughs> Any thoughts on this journey about Tom Skilling? Uh, I'm very excited to see who will play him in the musical um, or the play that will then get turned into a musical and then a movie and then a movie musical. 
So hopefully we can have that story um, on Carespray, like rolling out for the next 10 years. <laughs> well, I think he was the inspiration for Weatherman. Was he? I think I read that somewhere. Okay. So we could do a music. We, we, it could already be started is what I'm thinking. It could. Will Ferrell, somebody could have optioned it already. What I like is how passionate he was and is for the weather. Yes, absolutely. And he never got married. Mm -hmm. He was married to his job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything you want to promote? I'm good at the moment. Thank you. This was a this was a this was a heartwarming one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, what did I what did I do last week? Oh, I did Chicago's first black alderman. Oh, cool. That was it was it was empowering, but it was 1920s and 30s USA. Okay. Yeah, I was like, she's not gonna tell me that all of a sudden we find all this corruption in the like, in the weather business. Are we? No, I'm gonna finish my outro and I'll tell you something that I that I didn't include. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. And listeners, I appreciate you. Hit the subscribe button before another business honors Tom Skilling. Leave a five-star review as if I was a Chicago icon. And tell all your friends quicker than the Chicago weather changes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.